Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, come on, let's go. One presentation. One presentation. That's all they asked. Be on time one time, but no, I had to sit and watch an extra episode. Listen to music at least, kill some time. This is ridiculous. This week on Life's Rex, so here's a podcast. We're going to be You're talking kidding. all about the world of sports. Now, this is something that's this guy super give it important to me. It's meant a lot throughout my entire oh my life. God. And I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports were important to you, but listen, just because you have a microphone, sports okay, one of those things that it builds community doesn't mean you're anything special. I'm not listening so to this. Important. Absolutely not. Everyone's Life's Rex buddy yeah this guy this guy's he's uh, oh my god i'm so fired what's going on guys and welcome back episode eight life's a wreck so here's a podcast i'm your host kyle moore and today we're going to be talking about uh, an aspect of men's mental health that uh, is very prevalent it's something that uh, honestly i hadn't really thought about when I first kind of started planning out some episodes, but uh, it was brought up by a friend of mine uh, who had said that she thought that this would be something uh, she'd like to get my perspective on, anger and men's mental health, as well as see what the Life's a Wreck community thought about it as well. Uh, and I know that anger plays a uh, can play a big role in the lives of men who are dealing with a lack of mental health or uh, with some mental illness issues. And it can flare its ugly head in a bunch of different ways. So I wanted to kind of sit down, do this podcast, talk about healthy ways we can cope with anger, the two ways that anger, um, even though there's a little bit of a gray area there, the two areas that we see most significant or most prominently uh, when we talk about anger and men's mental health, and then give you a little perspective of my own relationship uh, with anger in terms of my mental health and uh, throughout my, my mental journey. So I guess I'll uh, kick things off with just giving a brief description about what anger has meant to me uh, in my own life because it uh, has played an interesting role. Uh, not necessarily the most prominent role. I, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've dealt with it a lot, but it's been something that's been present and it's been there uh, and it's kind of been tough to at times navigate and it's been tough to express and it's... Uh, as I, I as I've said in previous podcasts, uh, when I was going through some of my tough times, uh, a lot of the times I was really angry at myself. Um, I, I was just, you know, you're sitting there, you're a kid in high school or early university, and you've got all these things in your life that are going really well, you know, these people in your life that, uh, you know, you really enjoy being around and school's going, like all these things, you know, you got friends and family and, and sports, and I had all these things going, and yet I wasn't happy, and I, I was so angry at myself. 
I was sitting there just going like, why are you like this? You don't even need me anymore. You're just making fun of yourself now. Like, what's going on? And I just couldn't figure it out. And I was angry at that. And and, and that was kind of like when I first started to kind of see um, the role that anger would play in my life. That's kind of when it started uh, was when I was younger and going through some of these really tough times. Uh, and, And it was just this tough thing that it was just getting it was very gradual. Because I didn't grow up around a lot of anger. So it was something that was very new. And when I started to kind of really go through the dark times and I, I started to get angry at myself, it was started so small uh, and it just kind of picked up and grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, and I was just, I was very angry at just like why, you know, why everything wasn't working out, why everything had to be the way that it was. Um, and, and I started to really, my relationship with anger was I didn't cope with it very well. I started to blame outside sources pretty significantly. Um, when I was going through tough times, it was very like I was directing all of that energy externally, whether oh this person said this or they're doing this or they're not doing this or whatever, instead of just dealing with what was going on and like how I can make myself happier in the situation, uh, which is um, which that mental shift was very powerful for me. And I'll talk about that later on. But when yeah, when I when I kind of first been introduced to really serious significant anger, it was it was a lot of just like blaming and reflecting or deflecting, I guess. And uh, just couldn't, I, I didn't know how to process it properly. And I guess I'll preface this by saying when I grew, you know, as I was growing up, anger was, a little, I guess I could say anger was a little bit taboo in my house. You know, my parents both very, uh, as I said, they were very loving, very caring. Um, I, I never really saw them ever, you know, fight or anything like that. Like disagreements were handled very subtly. Um, and, and it was one of those things that if anger did flare, it was instantly kind of shot down. Oh, sorry, sorry, blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't one of those things that I think was always, and at, you know, at certain times it was addressed head on. And that was, you know, I think that that's the healthy way to approach uh, these things is to address it so it doesn't boil up in anything more. And we see that so often, especially in society today with like social media, the fact that we're connected 24 seven, it's this, uh, it's this idea of just kind of like, it's like the subtweeting era. Get the history books. This guy's rewriting them. You know, like, like you, you you don't address things head on anymore. It's like you say something to spite someone, or you say something behind the back, or you take a shot at them, and and it, no, nothing's like just said straight up. Like oh, pull them aside. Hey, this you know this was something that you'd said or you'd done it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But, you know I didn't really appreciate that. Um, and let's you know let's figure out how, how we can kind of just make this okay and move forward. But uh, now everything's you know everything's so slighted it seems. And uh, that's you know when I when I grew up. Certain things were addressed head on, but certain things weren't. Uh, and certain things were just kind of brushed under the rug in a sense of like someone got really angry, uh, you know, in my household growing up. Someone got really angry and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of minutes later, everyone would just be fine. And it's like, yes and no, because, you know, you don't have to go to the extreme ever. But the other side of it is expressing that anger and, and working through it is very healthy. And to just to just brush it under the rug and say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, it, it just kind of. I feel like you you kind of sugarcoat emotions and expressing yourself and, and you don't you kind of get that full scope and that's the thing is we need to be more comfortable with expressing emotion and anger is just another emotion you something you know somebody did something that irritated you that you know in some t- like infuriated you and working through those things healthy and not just like pretending that they didn't happen or not just you know completely breezing over them but like addressing them head on and saying like this is what happened this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to get over this uh, i think is a mindset that we need to be 
you know, we need to take take forward with all of us, uh, men, women, anyone who who's just living their life. Like that's just a you know lesson that I think needs to be instilled a lot more, especially in like the youth of today. That that's totally okay to be expressing those feelings, and that relates back to mental health because men have such a you know issue with expressing themselves sometimes especially expressing emotion you know they don't want to be seen as emotional and soft and weak uh, and all these things still have this correlation in the minds of a lot of men but to have the emotional intelligence to deal with a situation and to kind of put yourself out there and say this is something that happened this is what i think we need to do about it uh, this is how it made me feel and i'm comfortable expressing that because i you know i want to put myself first and i want to make sure that i can be happy with the relationships that are around me uh, I think that that's super, super important. And it might, yeah, as I had said, like, you know, when I was going through everything, I was pushing it out and I was, I, I couldn't deal with it. I wasn't, I wasn't dealing with it in a healthy manner. And, you know, there were outside factors that influenced my mental health. There were situations that arose. There were, you know, there always are going to be the, those things. There's going to be stresses in your life that come up. There's going to be these tough things and they'll be external. But the thing was, I guess with me is I was solely basing my anger on those things. Um, because of the fact that I didn't, I was had so much going on inside my own head. I didn't know how to deal with any of it. So when it came to anger, it was just like another, you know, another file on the stack. Like you're trying to leave on a Friday. It's a beautiful day outside. You're going to go water skiing with the kids. And all of a sudden the boss walks in with a new pan, a new file says, ah, can you uh, deal with this as well? And you've already got a stack there. And you're like, no, like I, I can't handle this right now. But like, that's kind of what I felt happened with anger. So instead of just dealing with it and saying, okay, like this is something that I need to learn about. I just completely threw it out the window and was just like, yep, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to make sure that if any, you know, anything anger comes up, it's not my fault. It's not the fault of, you know, anything that I did. It's all external. It's this, it's that. It was kind of playing the blame game. Like the price is right, but with less cars and more unhealthy relationships. Which was not a fun game show to be on. And uh, as I said, didn't deal with it as healthy as I could. But I guess in hindsight, I did learn a lot from that anger because now I feel like I have a much better relationship with dealing with those situations. Uh, but it was, you know, it was very tough, especially growing up. There was such, you know, there were at times just contradicting views on how we see anger, um, you know, throughout, I guess, my entire childhood, where I grew up, you know, the you know family that I grew up with that I was fortunate enough to grow up with. Um, and even my small town, like it was such a small town that people didn't want to step on any toes. You didn't want to make any enemies. You didn't want to, you know, do anything like that. So it was the relationship with anger all around was one that was glossed over at times. So I think that addressing this head on is actually, you know, very important. And I'm glad that I'm able to make this episode today. I think that there's an incredible strength in expressing emotion and it being genuine and it being authentic. Because I think that right now what we're doing so often is we're kind of sometimes we blow things out of proportion. Sometimes we go to the opposite extreme and we completely underplay them. But I think when we kind of find that middle ground where it's just like this happened and this is how it made me feel, it, it is. It's that genuine authenticity um, in in just your emotional state that I think is something that we need to work on uh, as men dealing with mental illness or as men who are suffering from a lack of mental health. Um, it, it's so easy to to either use anger as a crutch and an excuse and say, oh, I'm just an angry person or, you know, any of those kind of things. Or to say that, oh, I don't want to, and this is, you know, I'm going to talk about this here in a sec, but that was where I, I fell into the opposite side where it was like, I don't want to push people away. So I never want to show the, the, them that I'm angry. Um, and uh, and that's not the way to go about it either. Anger is one of those things that it'll flare up a lot, especially when you're, you know, at times resenting yourself and you're angry at yourself, then it's just like you're walking around with like a 
you know, like those um, walking around with like a storm cloud above your head like, at all times, like walking around or like the the Charlie Brown little like bundle of whatever squiggles above their head. Oh, you're 20. Why are your references so dated? Like that's, you know, you're walking around with that all the time because you can't deal with what's going on in, in your own head. So then, you know, you've, you've got this thing that's constantly present because you're always angry at yourself. No wonder that you're going to be, you know, quick, quicker to lash out at people. No wonder that you're going to be quicker to push these things externally. You're going to be angry at, you know, these people in your life who just do like those little small things. But it's because of the fact that you just you don't know how to handle whatever the anger that you have towards yourself is. So then you just deflect and you, you say, oh, well, the, I'm only angry because of this. I wouldn't be angry because of that. And that's just not true. That's just you're lying to yourself. Basically, you're saying that my anger is solely based on all these factors in my life. Well, sure, I understand that factors in your life can play into that. Maybe a lot of, you know, things have happened. Maybe you've been kind of slighted by someone you thought was a friend or, you know, somebody told somebody else something like these these are aspects of life and they happen and it can cause anger for sure. But how you deal with anger yourself will dictate how the anger is dealt with with that person, with those people. Um, and it all starts It all starts with you. And I think that that's kind of what, what we're missing a lot of the time is the fact that it does. It starts with us. And, and listen, I, I say this all the time with the podcast because it is so internal. You have to deal with things yourself. You have to be confident in, in your ability to handle situations before you can kind of feel comfortable handling these situations in uh, in a public setting or anything like that. Yeah, you have to, you know, you have to have that emotional intelligence within yourself to say, this is what happened. This is how I want to deal with this. And this is what's going to make me happy and what's going to resolve the situation in my head. And then kind of having the tools to be putting that that in place. And so now I want to talk about something that I was just touching on. Uh, and, and this is like the gray area that anger can create. But then the two extremes that I find a lot of men fall into as we're talking about mental health and men's mental health. Uh, and that's the, in a sense, the extreme anger, the anger with everything that quick to fire that, that snap in a sense, that's always there because there's so much going on and it's all, you know, the blame and the, this and the, that, and it's all this anger that's all been bunged up and you've got one side of the spectrum, which just wants, wants to get that anger out because there's so much anger inside that you just need to get it out, get it out, dispel it. So you don't have it inside of you anymore. Or, or else you're just going to burst. And that's when you kind of see the extreme anger. You know, you're, you're angry with yourself, but then you're angry at the people around you and the situations that you're in and the things that are happening to you. And, and this is that and this and all these bad things are happening. So I'm just going to keep getting angry, keep getting angry, keep getting angry. And then the mental illness will blow it way out of proportion and send you to the extreme because instead of it just being, you know, these little these small things seem big. So it's tough to get away from the anger when all these like little tiny things that wouldn't have bothered you if you were mentally healthy and you know you felt you felt like you were you were mentally present and that fog was lifted and you could see things much more clearly. You could you know your your brain was able to just kind of process situations. But when you're mental illness, your brain's in hyperdrive. It's going a million miles a minute. It's not worried about the small things or the small consequences. It just wants to shoot shoot these small things down. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, Mr. Boom Boom, let's let's leave the sound effects to someone else. And all of a sudden you just you fire off you're so emotionally drained because you fire off at a million different situations that were all so insignificant and they shouldn't have bothered you but because of the fact that you're dealing with these mental health issues 
they seem so significant because you fixate on them. You're anxious about them. You're depressed about them. All of these different situations, all of these different mental illnesses, they flare their heads because of these small things. And that's why you have to be able to slow it down. The other side of the spectrum, the pendulum swing, if you will. If you will, bro, get over it, man. No way. From extremely angry to a fear of anger. And this is where I fell into a little bit. In my earlier life, like this was kind of where I would say if I had to like chalk myself into one of the categories, this would be the one. You hide from anger. Because you're worried about if you express it, what it's going to mean to the relationships in your life, the people in your life. Because you don't want, like that was the thing I always talk about. Like I had such a fear of losing certain people in my life. Like that was, you know, people that I was close to. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to give them a reason to not want to be around me. And so of course I wouldn't get angry at them. Why would I? Of course I wouldn't express how I was actually feeling. I was terrified because I didn't want to lose them. I was so worried about that. That was friends. That was family. That was everything. Like, I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to, I I was like, why would I get angry about anything? Because if I get angry about the stuff, then these people aren't going to want to be around me and I don't want to lose these people in my life. And that was like, that was a weird thing. And then when it was expressed, when everything kind of bubbled up because of the fact that I was hiding from it, I was packing it deep, deep down. And that's the thing. I just kept pushing it down. And eventually it just got to the point where it was so condensed where it would just pop out in unhealthy ways. And then that would be anxiety attacks and that would be, you know, just a myriad of other different things. Or it would, you know, it would come up with like this, just this quick little burn of anger out of the blue, which seemed out of the blue, but it had kind of been a long time coming in a sense. If you think about it that way, it would just kind of fire up and be like, oh my God, what what just happened? It would be something so small. And then it would just be like, boom. Just this explosion because I just I couldn't handle any any packing any more of it down. And it would just come out in these unhealthy ways. And it wouldn't even always be like these big explosions. It would be like these little like slip little things in. It would be this like, you know, getting angry at someone for doing something. Instead of wanting to talk it out and expressing how this made me feel, it would just be pack it down. And then maybe like I would hold, I would begin to get resentful and all these different kinds of things. Just terrible. I was like, at times I was resenting people who I wanted to keep in my life because of the fact that I just didn't know how to deal with these situations. Didn't know how to deal with the anger that I felt about certain things that had happened and that I hadn't dealt with. See, that's the thing is like, there's uh, what's that old, uh, that old Shrek line? Uh, it's better out than in or something. You know what I mean? Like, man, why, what is stopping you from making normal references? Like you gotta, you gotta get it out. It's kind of gross, but in a way, it's kind of true. And that was what I really struggled with, big time, because I was so fearful of this emotion. I was feel like I man, I was worried about every emotion, let alone the bad ones. The good ones were worse, like bad enough. It was oh, I'm happy, but I won't be happy in thirty minutes, or I'm you know this this happiness isn't going to last. Oh, I have a moment of clarity, but this you know moment of clarity isn't going to be forever. This is just giving you a taste of what life could be, and now we're going to drag you back down to this this point where you're sad, and you were like, whoa, couldn't deal with the good stuff because I was like so I, I was grasping onto the good stuff and saying, oh my god, like this is this is what it can be, and then all of a sudden it would just all slip away like like sand through your fingers, and you just be standing there just going. Well, you know, what what the fuck? So when the bad emotions came up, the anger, 
you know, the resentment, all those kind of things. Like I, I couldn't deal with the good stuff, let alone the bad stuff. So that was the thing. It was just getting packed so far down. Oh, and it just got, it, it was just this hiding of the emotion where it's like, I tried not to show any of the negatives. And that's what I want to reiterate to, to men who are going through these situations is on both ends of the spectrum can be resolved by just expressing in the moment when the anger takes place, dealing with those in a healthy manner. And so that's going to, I guess, take us to different ways in which we can cope in a healthy way with with anger. And first and foremost, and I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, expressing that emotion. It's not weakness in that. It's it's you know what is just one of the most attractive traits that I think that men, especially men can have is emotional intelligence and being able to express what they're feeling in a moment and saying, you know, this is how this made me feel. I don't appreciate that. And this is what I want to do about it. When you have that emotional intelligence and you know how to deal with these situations, it's attractive, man. It is. It's a good look on you. There's not going to be, there's not this, there shouldn't be. And the thing is, that's, there's still so much work to be done in the world of, of, of mental health and especially men's mental health because there's still a stigma around the idea that when we express these emotions, we're seen as emotional, that men should be these, you know, kind of, where are these rocks, pillars of strength. Yeah, take Kyle, for instance, even that manly voice was soft as feathers. You want to know what a pillar of strength is? Being able to connect with the people in your life on an emotional basis. That's strength. To be able to put yourself out there, open up, and let people in and, and interact with people on a human level, and it not just be one of those things where it's just, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm angry, I'm going to go and like punch a wall or punch a tree or anything like that. It's like, trust me, your knuckles will thank you. It's a lot easier to just talk to a person. <laughs> Sit down and like the thing is, I understand when these situations arise. Let's say, for instance, something terrible happens. Let's say you're at a party, you're with your spouse or something, and who knows what happens? But maybe something was said to to her, to him, that was that was super disrespectful. Instead of instantly jumping to that extreme, removing yourself from that situation, figuring out the best course of action. And then dealing with that and not like, you know, removing you and let's say hypothetically your spouse as well from that situation, going home, talking about what happened, talking about what you guys think is the best course of action in a sense, and then going back and and dealing with it. But like this instant kind of like reactive situation, react, situation, react. It's like we need to learn how to take a step back. And that's what anger, you know, comes from is this, this lack of taking that step back and this like step forward instead. So when, so, when a situation arises that causes anger, whether it's internally or externally, if we choose to take a step back, then we have a chance to survey what's going on. We have a chance to look at it critically and say, okay, you know, that was disrespectful. I didn't appreciate that. And I'm going to let that person know. And then you get that chance to step in. But when you step in before you step back, it's like a little bit of a dance. When you step in first, you don't get, you, you're seeing through this pinhole. You don't get to see the, you know, the entire situation. You don't get to see what happened. And you're just seeing this one specific thing. And then, of course, you're going to be quick to anger and you're going to be quick to freak out and blow up. And and trust me, there are things that happen in life that warrant, you know, that warrant a, a significant amount of anger. There are situations where that are, are just terrible. Absolutely. Like, I'm not saying in every situation, you know, you always have to say, well, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because there are situations that arise 
that are so dishonest and are so disrespectful and just like can truly belittle you as a person and discredit you as a, you know, as, as an emotional human being that anger is the, the right response and it's the healthy response, but then you just have to have a healthy response to that anger. And so that's the thing. It doesn't always have to, you don't have to think like anger has to be this clinical thing. Anger can be something that this, that something so big happens that you just go, this is pure. I am purely angry right now. I am furious. But then it's just how we take this anger and this, you know, ferocity of just emotion. And how are we going to apply it to this situation in a way that remedies and, you know, takes takes power back from the situation because when we can do that that's a really easy way of coping with anger and so that's i guess that was a long-winded i guess rant about the first way um that anger can be can be coped with um another thing that i find that has really helped me in my own life was physical exercise and or combat sports a lot of the times when anger, that was one of the things when I started hitting the gym a lot when I was younger, a lot of the times it was kind of because I could kind of go and just beat up on some weights. You know, you, you literally it was like hit the weights, you know, you, you went and you just kind of like focused on just this pushing this anger into something productive. You know, I was so, so mad at this or, the, you know, my, myself or my what was going on in my life or whatever. And just going and being able to just kind of like go for a run and focus on just like each foot hitting the ground. And every time the foot hits the ground, it's just, you know, I'm angry, but I'm expressing it in a, in a positive way because I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm helping the health of my body. I'm helping myself out right now. And I'm also working through some of this stuff. That's the thing is like, you ever notice when you're angry, how tense you get? Like you get your, your core tenses, your arms tense, everything gets tense straight up. You, you do. It's like you get that fight or flight response. And so when you can like apply that fight or flight response to like something productive like exercise or combat sports and you get a chance to kind of work through, you get a chance to use your body, it kind of like I always expressed it like I've always felt when I was angry, I felt like my body was on fire. And every time like so I, I boxed for I guess it would have been four or five months uh, when I was going through some of like my like more like the more recent tough times, um, it, like I guess, yeah, like a couple months ago, six, seven months ago. Um, and I started to box. I boxed for about five months. Uh, and was it five, five months, four or five months. I, it was, it was a significant period of time. Uh, and, and it was one of those things when I was angry, it felt like my whole body was on fire, but every time I was hitting the bag, it felt like a little bit of that fire kind of exploded through the glove into the bag. And it was just kind of like at the end, I just felt so serene because I had used up all that tension in my body, all that energy that was being stored up, that was bouncing all around because I was so furious. And all of a sudden you get that all out and I left always feeling very peaceful. Even after like sparring or any of those things, which I only did a few times, which was a lot of fun, by the way, I would highly recommend, you know, combat sports to any, you know, men dealing with uh, some mental health stuff because you really get so in tune with your body and you realize how to express, you know, you express emotion through your physical movements. Uh, there's a there's a true beauty in it. I, I think that it's one of those things that that's a, a huge benefit to anyone who is dealing with mental health issues and especially any men who are dealing with mental health issues, being able to go in and deal with these physical, this, these emotions physically is, uh, is inc- not only is it emotionally intelligent for sure, but it gives you a very healthy outlet, um, to, to expressing these emotions and, and dealing with these things. And it is, it's like, it is a little bit of meditation for sure. 
Uh, and that brings us to our third way to cope with anger, and that is meditation, daily meditation. I cannot stress how important meditation is. Uh, and I'm going to do in a couple weeks, I'm going to do an episode completely about meditation. I know I've teased this a couple of times in the past, um, but it, it will happen because it's something that is so, so important. Um, and it was so important to my own recovery. And it was so important when I was dealing with anger. And I wish I had have kind of found meditation uh, back when I was in high school and early university. Totally. I wish I had have found it because as soon as when I started meditating was when I started to develop a healthy relationship with myself. Meditation was that first big step that I took. I took I talk so often to talk so often. Oh, I guess you kind of beat me to that about baby steps and taking the little steps. But like that was the first big step that I took. Meditation was one of those things in a couple of months of meditation. I was starting to develop this friendship with myself. It was fantastic. I felt great. And I was able to cope with certain situations. I was able to deal with emotions and I was able to kind of process these things internally from a critical standpoint, let my brain work through, you know, the brain is so incredibly powerful and to give it the opportunity to relax and work through these things naturally, not be fixating on them and, you know, kind of trying to, trying to solve the Rubik's cube, but like letting the brain do it itself, sitting down, relaxing, focusing on your breathing, focusing on your body and letting the brain kind of do its thing. And those are, I think the three biggest things that I would say when it comes to coping with anger that I think will really, will really help any man uh, struggling with mental illness, lack of mental health is learning to express emotions and doing those things small, you know, small at first, saying little things that come up. Oh, you know, I didn't really feel great about this. I didn't, you know, this person kind of said this to me and I want to address this to them. You know, I didn't really appreciate that. Owning that emotional situation is one. Two is physical activity, combat sports, being in tune with your body, learning to exercise out that anger in a healthy manner that's productive to your overall health. And then third is meditation and letting your brain kind of deal with these things internally, letting it do what it does, uh, which is just solve situations and, you know, put you in when it when it can, when it has the time, the brain can heal itself. And I truly, truly believe in that when you give it the opportunity to rest. And it's the same thing as like when you're, you know, sick and you lay in bed a little bit when you're when you've got mental illness, like when you give your brain a little chance to, you know, relax and do nothing those can be the scariest times and when i first started meditating it was because my brain was just going was like oh this is my time to literally run wild and it was going like a million miles a minute on hyperdrive like it was it was ridiculous but it starts to slow down because it starts to see that like it, it almost runs out of energy itself and that's when i started to just kind of process this a little bit better uh and i started to work through these things and i felt a lot healthier and that's the thing is like is this still aspects of my life like this is mental illnesses you know something i still deal with like deal with on a day-to-day basis but it's just like I, you know i said it, I, I did an interview the other day uh and that podcast is going to be out next week so i guess i'll tease that right now I did an interview with an instructor at Ryerson, Dan Berlin. Uh, he is a career consultant. He is an instructor at Ryerson. He's a sports analyst for CTV. Like This guy wears so many different hats. He does so many different things. And, and one of the things that I said was when we were talking, we just got on the topic about um, you know the difference between then and now in a sense. And I always used to say that uh, I always used to kind of split myself into two people. I'd say, I'm the old me. I'm the new me. You know, This is like the bad me. This is the good me. But it's like, no, it's like, that's not, that's not my mindset anymore. My mindset now is like, that's just me. Like, it's all me. It's just like, I'm better now at dealing with the negative things that come up. I still have the negative things. They still, you know, pop up. There's still factors in my life. But I just know how to cope with those things a lot better, a lot healthier. 
And that's, you know, something that meditation helped me with was that it's like, I still deal with mental illness. Meditation wasn't this cure all, but it allowed me to understand how I can deal with certain situations. The other day I had, I was the most anxious I'd been in a few months and I was sitting there and I was going, Oh my God, I remember this feeling. And I was going to getting myself worked up. And then I slowed it down. And I thought for the past two months, I felt fantastic. I felt so good. This was prolonged health and recovery. One day is not going to disrupt these two months that I put in a lot of hard work. And literally, it was one of those things. I had a bad day, but I didn't fixate on the bad day. And when I woke up the next morning, I was like, I'm going to have the best 24 hours possible and do the best that I can. And I I felt like within two days, I felt like back to, you know, being in this kind of clear minded state. I felt great. Um, And that was something that meditation did for me. So those are the three things. Just to reiterate, dealing with situations when they come, owning that emotional situation, being emotionally aware is one. Two, physical health, exercise, combat sports, exercising out the anger in a physically productive way. And third is meditation. And that's going to bring us to the end of the podcast, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening today. But before we go, I want to issue the challenge for this week. And the challenge for this week is going to be pretty simply, when a situation arises this week, whether it's positive or negative, and just one time, because it's it's all about the, the little steps. When a situation arises this week, if it's incredibly positive or maybe if it's incredibly negative, and it doesn't even have to be to those extremes. If it's just a positive situation or maybe a little bit of a negative situation that comes up, address the situation in the moment and and see how productive it is to deal with it when it happens. And I promise you, I I think it's one of those things, and I've been making a lot of promises lately, um, which is something that when I started the podcast, I didn't think I was going to do, and I told myself I wasn't going to do, but... I promise you, if you start to learn how to deal with those situations in the moment, you're going to build much healthier relationships with people. You're going to create just this this much healthier swing uh, in your life. So that's the challenge for this week. And guys, quick note, make sure to go check out the podcast on Instagram at Life's a Rec Podcast. Going to be posting some new content out there soon. And you can check out my account as well at kylemore08 and on twitter at kmore0081 yeah tell me what you think about the podcast tell me what you think about anger and men's mental health how it's affected you how it's affected the people in your life and uh, let's keep the conversation going it was actually funny i'm just sitting here my phone uh, my phone just popped up and it was a buddy of mine um, and he was just saying that uh, life's a wreck so that was the podcast deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm.